Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. I'm so glad to be able to be here with all of you today. I just love our faith family, and there's something just so special about this house. And if you're looking for a place to connect, a place to call home, a place to feel like you're part of a family, I hope that you've found it. Uh, We would love for you to be a part of our family. I know it's been said, but I want to say personally, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and grandmas in the house. I honor you today. I thank you for all that you do. And I want you to know that God does see every sacrifice and every act of love that you do for your family. And even in the times when you feel like they may not see, God sees. He knows. He sees and he never leaves you alone. He walks with you day after day after day. And he loves you so very much. And I want to say thank you. You know, for those of you who may not know me very well, I know Larry introduced a little bit about me, but um, I am a mom of three amazing children, Kelly, Emily, and Timmy, and some of you women that were at the retreat got to meet my daughters there, and uh, they shared, and it was an awesome time. And you know, if I had all morning long, I would be glad to tell you everything about them all, because I'm a very proud mama. But they've also blessed me with six of the most amazing grandkids in the world. And of course, I think they're the cutest grandkids ever. So um, I should have had a picture up here of them all. But anyway, then when Larry and I met and married, his three children came into my life with their spouses and their eight grandchildren, or their eight eight children. So between the two of us, we have six kids, six in-laws, and 14 grands. So there's a lot of love shared in our family. You know, we've been truly blessed. And as a mom and a nana who's been through all the stages of raising kids, I'm honored to be able to share with you this morning on Mother's Day. I heard a a message a few years back on a Mother's Day that I, I really, it's a person that I really admire in the ministry. Her name is Charlotte Gamble. And so as I was praying and thinking about what God wanted me to share today, a few of those thoughts came back to my mind. So I just wanted to give her credit where credit is due. Um, So some of these things are not original with me, but um, she shared them, and so I was able to take them and go with it. But I want to speak to you today on a subject that every mom in here can take to heart, but actually every guy in here can too. I want to speak to you about our joint responsibility to raise a generation well to help bring people that maybe are younger than you or alongside of you, that all of us have a part to play in making this next generation set up for succeed. To succeed where maybe we've failed or others have failed. I want to talk to you today about having a brave love. You know, we live in a society where we're always hearing about and worrying about what we need to do to protect our children. We live in a society that tells us everything we need to do to keep them safe. And we can actually become paranoid to let them play outside and do the things we used to do as a kid and not think anything about it. Um, You know, maybe it's because we have 
access to so much news. We hear all the bad stories. I think these things were always happening, but we maybe didn't hear about them so much. But now we do, and it can just make us a little bit crazy. How many crazy moms out there do we have? (laughs) Now we check to make sure they have their helmets on, if they're riding their bikes or their scooters or their rollerblades. Um, You know, we worry if it's light outside. We never had helmets when I was little. And we could stay out till dark if we wanted to. You know, we worry if they get out of our sight. And we want them to be safe, and we should want them to be safe. But sometimes, just continuing to wrap them up in cotton wool doesn't always set them up for the destiny that God has for them. As moms, we want to keep our kids safe. We want to protect them from pain. We want to fix their problems. We want to make their decisions and steer them in the right right direction. But there comes a time when we realize we aren't in control anymore. And we have to accept the fact that our, children, our children's futures are in God's hands, not in ours. Safe love does not necessarily raise them in an awareness or a willingness to step out of the comfort zone and actually become something great for God. And as I've traveled through parenthood and through grandparenthood now, I realize the responsibility of not just having a tender love and a safe love, but also of having a brave love. A love that makes your kids brave. A love that tells them that that it helps make them believe that they can do things that this world tells them they can't do. A love that says, why not go for it? Why not step out? Why not stand up and have a voice? Don't blend in like everyone else. It's okay to be different. It's okay in your school to not go along with the flow. It's okay to say, I don't want to be a part of this conversation, or that's not something I would like to do. Because brave love lets them know that actually, even though others may not approve of you, you're still surrounded by the greatest love. And I I think of parents today. I think of anyone who's leading in any area of life. I think of those in our church, our pastors, our life group leaders, our youth leaders, our kids' workers, mentors, Um, counselors, anyone who's helping to bring others through. I'm going to urge you this morning to commit to having a love that is brave. Even if it scares you. You know, when you teach your children to do something for the very first time, you're usually way more scared than they are, right? You're scared they might fall down or get hurt somehow. You're afraid they won't succeed in something that you're pushing them to try. But brave love doesn't show them that you're afraid. It says, I believe you can do it. And even if they fall, you'll pick them back up, and at least they've tried. And I want to see in our church an atmosphere like that, that would say to people, get up, be brave, know that God has already gone before you. And if he's gone before you, what are you fearing? Remember, God is for you. So what does brave love look like? All of us that are mothers, fathers, teachers, leaders, we have to go through a process that allows that brave love to be expressed. So I want to show you through the life of Moses and his mother, Jochebed, three stages that I'd ask you to consider today in adding to your parenting or in leading those around you. Three things that Moses went through that I would encourage you to do the same. Because Moses did do some pretty amazing things, even though he had fears and insecurities, He did step up to the plate, and he changed the course of a nation, and ultimately of the world. 
You know, Moses is long gone from this world. But as I look out across this audience this morning, I know that there's future Moseses out there. There's future Gideons and Deborahs. There's future Davids and Esthers. And if they are here, they'll need to know when it's their time to step up. And to know that everything has been done to help them succeed. You know, we think of Moses' life mostly by what happened later in his life and all the miracles that happened at his hand. But this morning, I want to look at the beginning of his life. The moments in his life that were essential to his future. The things that were done that made a difference for him. So let's focus on uh, Exodus 2, verses 1 through 10 this morning, where we read about the birth of Moses. And if you'd all stand, we're going to start by reading Exodus 2, 1 through 3. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. You may be seated. You know, this passage of scripture tells us about a time in the history of the Hebrews when they were in captivity in Egypt under a ruthless pharaoh who was set on keeping them in slavery. As the Hebrew population grew, Pharaoh became fearful that they'd overtake them, you know, that they'd become more in population and, and then overcome the Egyptians. So he made a decree and ordered all the midwives to kill any baby boys that they delivered. But because the midwives feared God, they did not. And the nation of the Hebrew nation continued to grow. So then Pharaoh ordered all of his own people to throw any and every Hebrew baby boy into the Nile, but to let every girl live. Can you imagine the fear in every Hebrew woman's heart as her time of delivery was approaching? You know, if this was a boy, it meant certain death. And Jochebed was in this position. She was a mother just like you and I, the same fears. She had given birth to a precious little boy. And so she hid that baby boy for three months. Can you imagine how difficult that would be to keep a brand new baby quiet for three months? How it would be to keep him a secret from the outside world? You know, my babies were never the most quiet babies. They fussed and cried and they could make a lot of noise and always somehow in the middle of the night. You know, and I know that just like every other mom in here, that she held that baby boy in her arms and her heart was so full of love and dreams for what might be within him to do and to become. Jochebed had a feeling that there was greatness in, the, in her boy's life. And uh, she just wanted to keep him hidden from that king's decree. You know, there's a season in our lives when we're raising our children that that's all we want to do. We just want to keep them hidden. We want to pour love out on them. We want to uh, invest in them and keep them safe. You know, we carry the hand sanitizer with us. And anybody who wants to touch that baby, you say, here, sanitize those hands. But we want to protect them from that big, bad world out there. And Jochebed had these moments, too. But there comes a time when brave love realizes, I'm not going to be able to hide you forever. I'm going to have to place you on the water. I'm not going to throw you in the water, but I'm going to place you on the water. And Jochebed knew she could protect him no longer. 
So every mother, every father comes to the moment when you have to place your child on the water. A water that you can't control, a water that you have no say-so over, a water that you can't control the speed of its current. But here's what you can do. You can build a basket. So the Bible tells us she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. You know, some of our greatest work as parents is building a basket into which we place our children, a basket in which they'll be held on the water, a basket, it says, was coated in tar and pitch. Tar and pitch was the protection from the water. The reeds alone could not protect this baby. So she coated it in tar and pitch. It was a protection against the elements of the water. It couldn't control the water. That basket and tar and pitch could not stop the water from being out of control. But it was a coating that she put on that basket that said, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have a brave love that doesn't hide you forever, but a love that will plan to let you go. But here's what I'm going to plan. When I do let you go, it will be in the basket I have built for you. So what is a basket? A basket is the values and the, that we build around our house now, around our child now. The values like honor and respect that we're building in our house. It's the things that you say, this is how I would love for your life to be wrapped in. You know, we think a good tar and pitch for your life would be prayer and being planted in the house of God, of being generous and being compassionate. A good tar and pitch for your life would be that you'd be others-minded and Jesus-centered. That you would learn that God is your source, that money is not what it's all about, but that resource to bless others is what it's all about. So we build tar and pitch in their lives of giving and tithing. You know, God's word and the stories of faith must be uh, the tar and pitch that covers the basket that you're building. The stories of how God has worked in your life and how he's been faithful in your life, those stories that you can share with your children and your grandchildren is a great tar and pitch to cover their basket in. Um, you know, Deuteronomy kind of reiterates what I'm saying. And in verse 6, 6 and 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And then again, it says the same thing just a few chapters later in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. It says, Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. I think God thought that our teaching of our children, our stories we pass along, were going to be important for their lives. You know, I imagine as Jochebed wove the reeds into shaping that basket, and as she covered every inch of the basket with that tar and pitch, she prayed that those reeds would stay in place and that the tar and pitch would keep the water from invading that basket. I'm sure she prayed that wherever the basket carried her little boy would be directed by God. You know, she knew that there was a real enemy out there that wanted to destroy her child. She knew there were many dangers in letting her son go upon the water. Was that basket strong enough to withstand the winds and the waves, that, the things that would run into that basket? Was it waterproof so that the water would not come into the basket? 
You know, the placement of every reed and every bit of tar and pitch was intentional. Some of us parents get so nervous. You know, we want to hide our kids until they're 15 and 18 and 19. But instead, it would be better to build a basket and say, it's now time for us to place you on the water. And we're going to trust the God that controls the water. We're going to trust that the water will be directed in a way that's going to place you for your future. That's why, young people, when your parents say, take some responsibility around the house, go get a job, you know, they're not being mean to you. They are for you, and they're trying to set you up for success. They're placing you on the water. They are preparing you for what is to come. You know, parents don't wait till your children are 16 to build a basket. You start building that basket in their earliest years and continue to basket to build that basket until the day that it's time to place the basket on the water. When that nine-year-old smarts off to her mom, what do you do? Build the basket. Say, that's not how we speak to people in our home. And when they have terrible, terrible table manners at age six, build the basket then. You know, it's never early to build. Build now so that when you place them on the water, they will be able to make some good decisions. Even as they are older, you continue to build the basket that says, I'm praying for you, I believe in you, we are here for you, and we will encourage you. But hey, it is time to place you on the water. So Jochebed placed little Moses and the basket on the water in the Nile. Imagine how she felt watching her precious baby float down the river in a basket. You know, a million things could have gone wrong. She could have fretted over every worst-case scenario. But instead, she entrusted her child to God himself. Although we don't know exactly what Jochebed was feeling, I, think, I like to think she believed that God had a plan and a purpose for her child's life, just like he does ours, giving her the courage to step away from the basket. What comfort and peace it brings to always remember that God is always in control and ever-present even in our children's lives, even when we can't be there any longer. So now, this is the part in the story where we all get involved with each other's kids. Uh, verse 4 through 9, and I'm going to read that real briefly here. It says, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the basket. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. You know, God is so kind to us. When we put our children in the basket that you've built, and you've placed it well, God will never let it leave your life if you're willing to let it leave your hand. You know, Jochebed soon learned that God orchestrated Pharaoh's daughter to bathe in the river at just the right time, to rescue Moses from the basket, and commit to raise him as her own son. Then Pharaoh's daughter even hired Jochebed to nurse him until he was older. How cool is that? How amazing is that? You know, Pharaoh's daughter didn't expect to find a child on the water that day. And, and what kept her from turning him over to be killed? 
I believe God moved upon her heart and she had a love for this child. She may have sensed there was something special about him and she saved his life. And then how like God to bring Moses back to his own mother to Jochebed to nurse and care for again in safety with no threat of being killed after releasing him to God's care and trusting him with her boy. You know, sometimes God will use surprising people in our kids' lives that seem to come from nowhere to help shape them for their future. Just like his mother, we have to trust that God knows what he's doing with our kids. And verse 10 of Exodus 2 says, When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. You know, it's not just about placing our children on the water, but it's also about the rest of us and all of us helping to draw people out of the water. Here's where we all get involved. I don't know the basket that's going to come by your life, you know, because I don't control the water. But I do know that God will direct people to your life, perhaps people you didn't give birth to, somebody that's not even in your family line, people that are not even closely related to you. And their life will bump up against the shore of your life. And sometimes when you look down into that basket, they might be crying, distressed. They may be nervous. They might be upset. But I believe God wants all of us to be willing to draw out of the basket the ones that bump into our life. Because when Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of the basket, she was going to position him in a palace. This was another step toward the future that God had ordained for him positioned in a place that his own natural family couldn't have done, positioning him for the greatness that was within him to receive the things that he couldn't get back at home. Jochebed must have believed that her child, that God loved her child more than she did, especially as she saw his incredible plans fall into place. You know, that's an amazing story. So when you look into the basket that's bumped up against your life, and you know it's a God call, Draw, you draw them up out of the water and help them to set up for success. You know, we don't take over being their mother. They still have a mother. But we say, I want to help you help him to succeed. So we want to come along the parents and help the parents to help their children to succeed. You know, I think of the youth leaders in our church. That's their heart. They're not trying to be a parent to your child but they are going to draw out of your child great, the greatness that's within them. Allow them to correct your child, even if, when you're not there present to correct them. If you are, please correct your child. <laughs> but let them to correct your child. You know, they sacrifice so much to be able to speak into your kid's life. And we all need people to help us draw our kids out of their water. Be thankful for them, because their brave love is setting your kids up to do brave things, to speak life, to be another voice to draw greatness out of them. When you see something great in someone, tell them. Say it. Say it to others. Let them hear. You know, life group leaders, I think of you. Your job is to draw things out of people. If you're not in a life group, please get in one so you can allow your life to bump up against someone who can draw you out. They'll see things in you that others cannot. They'll care for you and help, you, help set you up to succeed. You know, there are a lot of people that will affect your life more than your actual parents. They will be the ones that drew things out of you.
So parents and grandparents, build a basket and place it on the water. And every one of you, be aware that you need to draw them out of the water and help propel them forward. Set them up for greatness, to believe and grow in what God has for them. That's part of what the house of God is about. You know, and the last thing this morning that I want to share with you is when you have built a basket and when you've placed them on the water and others have helped draw them out of the water, there's one day that will come when they will part the waters. You know, Moses went on to have a conversation with God. He was right at the edge of a sea that he had no control over. He couldn't swim over it. He couldn't cross over it. But then he remembered, God knows what he's doing with the water in my life. Because one day my mom built a basket for me and placed me on the water that she had no control over. And it got me to the next place. So now I stand in front of this sea, so much water. But you know what? I was placed on the water and I was drawn out of the water. My name means I was drawn out of the water. So today, God, I trust you to part these waters. You know, brave love will move our kids from paddling to parting. It gets them to stretch their arms out and to believe for the impossible. Brave love will get them on the edge of the riverbanks, looking to heaven saying, I'm going to now trust and try and stretch my hands out. God, I trust you. It pushes them to the place where they know God and, and the God who's going to respond to their obedience. You know, I don't know where this finds you all on Mother's Day. To all the moms in here who are nursing their babies, build the baskets. Put the right tar and pitch in the basket. Be intentional about every day that you're building that basket in that child's life. Ask yourself, Am I trusting my abilities to protect my children more than I'm trusting God's? Think about the top three fears you have for your children. I know you can probably think of a few. Ask God to replace those fears with trust and help you to live in a courageous faith that he's in control. Okay? To all of you who don't have kids or your kids are grown, you still have a job to do. Whose basket is bumping into your life? Draw them out of them what God has placed in them. You know, be the aunt, be the uncle that they may not have. Be the voice that they need to hear. If you see an interest or an ability in someone that you can help to foster, invite them alongside of you to learn and grow in that. Be a mentor, be an encourager. Help to set them up to succeed. Let's have our eyes open to those around us that we could have an influence upon for the good. And to those of you in the room that have already been placed upon the water and somebody has helped draw you out of the water, it's time for you to start parting the waters. Okay, do something. Stretch out your hand. Go for that job. Step into a new territory. Step into that ministry that God has called you to and that he's prepared you for. Don't fear. Trust God to lead you and step out. You know, too much has been placed in you by all these other people in your life, but most of all by God, to allow it to die in you. So I want you to part some waters today, okay? Be faithful with all that God has given you and all that he's put inside of you. You know, as we come to the conclusion of this message, I just want to pray for the moms in this room. 
if you would all just stand to your feet, all the moms in this room, I want to ask God to give you a special blessing, a special ability. Father, I thank you so much for every mom, every grandma, every parent in this room. God, it is such an awesome responsibility. And I thank you, Lord, for the times that we have to hide our children and to pour love into them and to protect them and to keep them hidden from the world for a time. But God, I pray, Lord, as that time comes and we know it's time to set them on the water, I pray that you'd help us to be courageous. I pray that the baskets that we've built in our children's lives, that we've done with intentionality, that we've poured them into them your word and the values that we want to instill in them and what a life following Christ looks like. God, I pray that those things would protect them as we place them on the water, wherever they go in life, wherever you're guiding and leading them. Help us to be courageous to let them go. Help us to know and trust that you are guiding their steps. They are in your hands. And Lord, I thank you for the devotion that every mom has for their children. And I pray, God, that they would feel blessed and they would be honored by those children. And I pray, God, that that they would know most of all that you are proud of every bit of effort they put in, every time that they have sacrificed of themselves, every bit of love that they pour into that home. God, I pray that you would reward them for that, that they would feel you hugging them and saying, I'm proud of you. Thank you for what you do. I love you, and I will never leave you. I will be here with you. God, I pray for those of us who are on that other step, God, that we're finding people bumping into the shore of our life that you have called us to, that you have whispered in our ear and said, I want you to draw this one out. I want you to pour into their life. Be what they need to be. Say what they need to hear. Help encourage them. Teach them. Lead them. Mentor them. God, I pray that we'd be faithful to hear your call, that we would not be in our own world and unaware of the people that you're bringing to us. I pray that we'd really be a community and a family that watches out for one another and that when you see something in someone that's great, help bring that out in them. And Lord, I pray for those in this room that, that are ready to part the waters. They're ready. You're calling them to step out, to do something great, to, to step out of their comfort zone, to answer the call that you've given them, Lord. I pray that they would be brave and that they would know that the love that their parents and those that you put in their life has propelled them for this moment. And God, I pray that you'd give them courage, give them the trust in you, Lord. I pray that they would trust in you and know that you are leading and guiding them and you're giving them all that they need to succeed in life. I thank you, Jesus, for this message. I thank you for every person in this room, for every person that's hearing this, God. I pray that whatever part of it was for them, Lord, that they would put that into their heart and that they would not forget that you are with them and that we have a job to do. Lord, bless these mamas, I pray, and be with us today in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. 
We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org.